0: Hello and welcome to the Unnamed Automotive Podcast. My name is Sammy Hajisad, and with me, as always, is my friend and fellow automotive journalist, Benjamin Hunting. Say hi to the people, Ben. Greetings, human listeners. Greetings to everyone. Ben and I write for a number of publications, including autoguide.com. At least that's where you'll find me and some of Ben's work. But, Ben, your work's all over the internet. Why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the publications that you write for?
1: Uh... Quick off the bat, you can find my work at Driving Line, Automobile Magazine, and Super Street.
0: All right. So Ben and I, pair of automotive journalists, we have some uh, websites that we write for, and we have some cool cars to talk to you about this week. I'm going to wait
1: for my turn. I think I want to hear about your driving first, Ben. Well, uh, I drove something that's not – necessarily spectacular enough to wait for but it is kind of an interesting twist on an old favorite in fact sammy and i did a a, a search earlier today and found out that we've talked about the grand cherokee about what eight or nine times in the last two mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. so we're done with the grand cherokee right you'd think so but no we're gonna talk about it right now Oh, no. Okay. And we're going to talk about an all-new version for 2019. It's called oh, okay. the Limited X, Sammy. The Limited X. X doesn't stand for anything. Oh. <laughs> it's just... Uh, it wasn't a tie-in for the upcoming X-Men movie? No, or or the X games. It's nothing to do with that. It's just, it's just something they added after Limited. But what's interesting about this vehicle is that it takes all of the, the... Or not all of, but a good chunk of the styling changes that were made to the SRT and the Trackhawk... And it meshes them onto a vehicle that's not performance oriented whatsoever. So you get like the hood with the hood scoops. You get uh, the front end is actually taken from the Summit, but the Summit front end is basically the SRT front end with fog lights. And you get these unique—they um, call it crystal graphite, but really it's it's more like a black chrome. You get a 20-inch black chrome rim. You get black chrome brages, black chrome grille, black chrome, black chrome, black chrome. Black chrome window surround, black chrome, black chrome, black chrome, black chrome chrome taillights surround. Do you think black
0: chrome is, you know, just – is it just matte, shiny matte trim?
1: Okay. Look, it's called crystal graphite, all right? I don't know why you're busting me about this. Crystal graphite. Anyway, and you get a black interior with uh, fairly nice appointments. And what's the, interior, in, what's the black leather interior called? Yeah, black leather interior. It's called black leather interior. <laughs> actually, it's called Heritage. It actually has a name. Uh, Heritage. I don't know, dude. But um, all this to say is you get a Jeep Grand Cherokee that looks like a Grand Cherokee SRT, but isn't a Grand Cherokee SRT. So remember like a month ago, or I don't know when it was, when we were talking about another Jeep <laughs> called the Wrangler? And uh, we were talking about the Rubicon, and now I was saying that I really like the Rubicon styling, but I don't need the hardcore off-road gearing because I'm not going to do that. So I was looking for like a poser jeep. That's what I was. Mm. That would be the ideal for me. This is the poser jeep. This is the but pose- it's grand Cherokee. You're talking about a whole different bo- product. But it's but it's the poser jeep in the sense that it's a fake SRT. Like it looks exactly like an SRT, and from a distance, if you're not you know trained like you are, I know you're an SRT spotter from miles away, mm. you would not be able to tell.
0: Two miles
1: now. Um, yeah, miles. So it's it's uh, it's interesting. I, I, I am not a... Ver- you know, back when I was younger and had more certainty about my opinions, I used to think that it was bad to have a car that looked fast that wasn't fast. <laughs> and the, this Grand Cherokee, it starts out with the V6, and if you get four-wheel drive, you can get the uh, Hemi as well, but you can't get, like, the 6.4 liter in the SRT. Like, it's just not an option. So... Uh, younger Ben would have been like, oh, that's terrible, keep it away, but current Ben is like, you know what, this looks really slick, and you don't have to pay a huge fuel economy penalty every time you drive to work, so it, you have a Jeep that you can look at and, and enjoy while at the same time it's responsible to own, and it's not that much more expensive either, it's like four grand more than a regular limited, so uh, I think it's kind of, kind of the sweet spot for the Grand Cherokee. Okay, so we got a lot to talk about here.
0: First of all, the Grand Cherokee has probably the most one of the most diverse lineups of vehicles, um, like in in oh, in terms of trim
1: levels. Unquestionably, right? it is the Porsche 911 of the SUV world. Isn't that nuts? There's got to be a, about eleven trim levels, and and, and they range from like you know bare bones commuter to like yeah. full on drag strip warrior to. Off-road warrior, because there's like three or four different four-wheel drive systems you can get with the vehicle, uh, (laughs) to plush mile eater. Like, you you used to be able to get a diesel version that got great fuel economy. I mean, the the Grand Cherokee is everything to everyone. And so where does this line up
0: in that – I think it's 11 – I truly believe it's at least 10 trims. It's like 44
1: Uh, grand, so you're looking at probably right in the middle.
0: Okay. And does it feel like a, a product that's right in the middle or does well, it maybe feel not like? Right
1: in the middle, because I mean, I think what the regular, the, the base Cherokee is like 38. So maybe it's just, it's a few steps up, but it okay. feels, it feels really comfy. Like, I mean, if you're only paying six or seven more than the base model, uh, I would not be upset. Uh, and, and I want to qualify something else. I said that, you know, it's not fast because mine had the V6, the 3.6 mm-hmm. liter, which I think is 280 horsepower. Is that right, Sammy?
0: I thought it was closer to 300. I thought it was like 295 or something. Let me
1: double check on that. But um, yeah, it's 295. That's right. And 260 pound feet of torque. It -hmm. was more than enough power for this Jeep. I, I felt there was never a situation where I was like, man, I wish I had more power. And I'm a huge SRT fan. I think if I was to buy a Jeep, it would be the SRT or the diesel version, but uh, um, we'll follow up on that later. Well, I know you don't like the reliability and all this stuff, but it, for me in my fantasy world, this is where my thinking takes me. But the yeah. limited X, it looks really good. Like I kept turning around to look at it. It was in a nice, like uh, like I want to say like a burgundy mica color as well. Which I really appreciated. It was comfortable, just enough power, decent on fuel. Uh, had the features that I wanted, and nothing really that I didn't. So uh, it was a, it was an enjoyable time. And th- th- there's something else though that I want to talk about um, a little later when we start talking about practicality. But overall, it's it's a nice package. Uh, I'm I'm a little worried about just how
0: poserish it is. It's got those big old nostrils in the hood. Like yeah, I SR- said it has the SRT hood. That's really unnecessary right like that
1: well first of all didn't you just shave your beard and mustache shortly before this episode (laughs) what does that have to do with anything all i'm saying is that you can make changes to your appearance and it's okay but when the grand cherokee does it it's unnecessary (laughs) i just wanted to point out the hypocrisy can't believe you that permeates this episode
0: (laughs) i can't believe you all right we'll bring up the hypocrisy we'll bring up the hypocrisy but First, let's talk about this. You know what? I, I've always found the Grand Cherokee to be um, a, a, a pretty much a luxury car for somebody who didn't want to pay the luxury brand tax. Yeah. Um, I thought that it, it could – if you really um, – it was a poor man's Mercedes-Benz um, GLE M-class. or M-Class. Yeah. yeah. And I think – I still stand by that. And I think it's showing its, it's worth um, all this way through the, the very diverse – Uh, lineup that it has you can get this thing with the hemi is that
1: yeah if you get four-wheel drive you can get it but you have to get get, four-wheel drive yeah if you get rear-wheel drive with the limited x it is v6 only but if you get four-wheel drive you can add the hemi
0: why would you get a a rear-wheel drive jeep
1: because you live somewhere where you just want to be the ultimate poser and (laughs) and you want the limited x plus rear-wheel drive (laughs) i don't know sammy i don't make the rules a jeep (laughs) okay okay
0: and you like the look um i don't know
1: i'm not i'm not ho- i'm not wholly sold on it well, but... do you like the srt look in general yeah and and so but doesn't the engine it means nothing to you
0: but the srt also has kind of like a wide body doesn't it
1: a little bit but not much
0: it I really mean... has like this planted look like the srt and this looks a tiny bit it looks like it went on a diet like clearly, that's the way it looks like <laughs> it clearly is trying to be the
1: SRT Re- regardless of how successful it is i think pretty sure that's the impetus behind this model and, okay. and i support that i think it's i think it's fine i think it's you know it, it, there there's a lot of times where i look at uh like the the bodywork that comes with a high performance vehicle and i don't need the performance but i like the styling and it's very hard to get that in the aftermarket unless you spend a ton of money, and it never quite looks right. So the fact that Jeep's kind of offering it out of the box – and these aren't huge changes, but I think those nostrils make a big difference, and I think the front end makes a big difference, and blah, blah, blah.
0: OK. So then let's, let's let's forget about that. I want to talk about the Grand Cherokee as a whole. Do you think it's getting tired? Do you think it's getting old? Do you think you want to see something new? Um, With the Grand Cherokee, whether it be external, uh, exterior design or interior design, um, new powertrains, is, is there anything that you think is, is feeling dated? Because I think the Grand Cherokee itself is getting kind of old in age and it feels like it's like a Dodge Charger as well. You know, like, it's well, i like we've seen enough of these.
1: The interior no longer holds up to the same luxury car standards that it used to. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree with you that it used to be like an M class back when it was called the M class uh, competitor. Now I don't feel it's necessarily as good as, as the current crop. I mean, if you get into, get into it versus the X5 that we talked about last week, you'll notice, you'll notice some deficiencies. Not that that the Grand Cherokee is bad in any way, just in terms of materials choice and fit and finish. Um, the other thing is it's not super like it's, it's both very useful and not as useful as it could be. In terms of cargo, uh, the the story I've told in the podcast before is I, I bought a um, I bought a bed frame uh, for a queen size bed, a large wooden one in Maine one time, and I was traveling there with my parents. And my father had his pickup truck. He has a he has a F one fifty with a short mm-hmm. box. The frame was too big for the pickup truck, but it fit inside the Grand Cherokee I was driving. And that's that's always been like wow, that's that's pretty amazing, you know. Like it was long enough to do that with the seats folded. But then you look at the figures. And there's just under 70 cubic feet of cargo room with the back seat folded down. That's like Subaru Forester territory in a vehicle that's a lot bigger than a Subaru Forester. Okay. So it's like, uh, is there maybe better space usage that could be engineered into the next generation Grand Cherokee? Yeah, maybe. Um, And that combined with maybe an upscale, more upscale interior, although I like what's there. I just don't think it's necessarily competitive with the luxury segment anymore. Interesting.
0: Okay, that's um, that's a great uh, that's a really good assessment of it, a really honest assessment of it, and I wonder what's coming up next because I think you know Jeep is one of the more successful parts of the the FCA brand lineup, um, and I would imagine that any investment that goes into a Grand Cherokee is well is money well spent, right? So. Should we expect something bigger and better, or should they just keep on milking this until
1: we just can't stand it? Well, the current generation Jeep came out when 2013, 2014. I think so, yeah. So we might be on the verge of maybe 2020 or 2021 getting a new generation if mm-hmm. the money is there to do that.
0: And it should be. It should be there. Yes, right?
1: but I mean, we say that, but we've had you know the Charger's been around for how long? It, it's it's like it's hard to tell at FCA what the product life cycle really is.
0: But then when you talk about the the Charger, I'm okay with the Charger taking forever or or not being updated at all because we look at sedans. Sedan sales are dropping and the Charger is still selling quite, quite well. So why do they even need to worry about it? People in 10 years aren't going to be buying sedans according to them, according to the trend. So well, yeah, because why car companies
1: definitely think 10 years down the road. They are definitely farsighted planning going on there. Um, I I think that uh, the existence of vehicles like the Limited X point at a similar strategy. If you look at what they've done with the Challenger, with all the different subversions of the Challenger they've made Mm -hmm. over the last few years, it's because it's affordable ways for them to make different models and to squeeze up more profits from vehicles without having to, to retool or redesign. So The Limited X takes a bunch of Cherokee parts, reassembles them in a different format, and creates something that's visually interesting. And I think that's cool, but I think that as a strategy it kind of points to maybe a similar longevity to other platforms uh in in the company's family.
0: Um you, talking about the Challenger there's now so many trim levels and 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 versions of the thing that I can't even keep them straight. You mentioned one to me that I just what was it
1: again? Oh, the 19... the 1320. Thir- 19- 13, 13 oh, I mean that's that's old news. That's
0: right? when the char- that's when the Challenger was first brought to the roads, right?
1: <laughs> wow, that's a uh, really really great job just kicking the Challenger while it's not around to defend itself. Did you? Did, are you gonna shave the beard off the Challenger too? Yes. Wow. Um, yeah. What is that? Thirteen ninety two. Thirteen twenty. It's the number. Of the, it's the number of feet in a quarter mile. <laughs> Why is it named this? Because it's designed for drag racing. Do you know what the quarter mile is, Sammy? Uh, it's a quarter of a mile, obviously. It's 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 so you can live your life thirteen hundred twenty feet at a time in this Challenger.
0: Alright. And it came out um, last
1: summer, in case anyone's curious as to Sammy's uh gris grasp on current events. So So
0: the um the the Jeep Cherokee is going the Grand Cherokee I feel is has the potential to go down the the same path as these um what's it called? These challengers where there's so many trim levels that I can't even keep them straight. What makes a limit so a limited is the limited X is the SRT lookalike of the limited version,
1: right? Sort of, yes. Next question. That's what, that's what I, what's an overland? Oh man, why are you ask I'm not Mr. Jeep? What are you doing? <laughs> what's a Laredo? Laredo's the base. What's an upland? What's an altitude? What's a Yeah, jeez.
0: High altitude? What the I think it's summit. pretty self
1: explanatory.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> summit is not even the summit of the of the Jeep Grand Cherokee lineup. No, you know what's interesting is though a limited X and a trail Trailhawk are almost the same price, and the Trailhawk ta- is the one that has you know additional off road features.
0: And yeah, look at that skid plate and look at those tow hooks. Oh, that's so badass!
1: Stop looking at the skid plate. Everyone can see you staring. <laughs>
0: okay, so, so would
1: so, you? Sorry, go on. I'll give would you one recommend, more question.
0: Would you buy? Would you? How? Like, you think this is the right evolution for the for the Grand Cherokee? Um, or a good addition to the lineup, I think yes. it's a bit much.
1: I think, it's a, I think it's a fun way to own a good-looking version of the Grand Cherokee. But why not just replace the Limited with the Limited X? That's one less choice that because, people have to worry about. Because the Limited is less expensive. And less choice is not necessarily how you make money in the car in the car business. Just make it an appearance package. It kind of is, Sammy. <laughs> then just call it an appearance package. Don't wow. make a whole new wow. It's the kind level. of appearance package where you just spontaneously shave all the hair on your <laughs> Why face. Why is everyone
0: going to talk about this shaving thing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, what did you drive, Sammy? That's so fascinating that you feel you have you're empowered to pick on the uh, Limited X.
0: I drove a car that bills itself as stronger than time. Wow. Wow! It's the Mercedes-Benz G-Class, which has only existed since 1979, which is not that long ago, the more I think about it. Because the Jeep Wrangler itself was way back in 19, what, 55 or something? 45? 43?
1: Did you know that death created time so that it could grow that which it would kill? Because in eternity, nothing grows, Sammy. 1941. That's when Jeeps were around. What are you talking about? You're talking about time. Anyway, let's just keep moving on. Uh,
0: the G-Class is a very interesting vehicle because you look at it, and and Mercedes builds it as an off-roading vehicle. It is it is capable. It is strong and rugged, and it represents all of those traits with it. its really boxy. Um, I do not give two hoots about what you think of design. This is what a what a rugged vehicle looks like. Two boxes with four wheels. That's what it is. Um, and the problem with it is, it's a hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. Well, maybe that's a problem for you, Sammy. Okay, what person spends hundred twenty-five thousand dollars on a car that's meant to get beaten up on by by the road, by the by the trail or the the off road more more the, like
1: the same person who buys a McLaren and parks it in their garage and never takes it on a racetrack. I mean, it's exactly the same luxury brand imaging that you'll find anywhere in the industry. It is overdone, and I think they need to. I mean, I don't know. I I really don't know. <laughs> I like how, how you're offended about this now at this point in your career. Like, this is where the line has been crossed. It was. <laughs> not, it was. I'm not a Mark it down, so. people. March 2018, 2019. Sorry, Sammy said enough is enough. Mercedes. It is April. First of all. Anyways, it is what not I want.
0: April. Isn't it April? <laughs> no. What it's April like tomorrow? No, um, that's not accurate either. <laughs> anyways, I will uh, I will admit they've they've done some important updates. To, they've made some very important updates to the vehicle, including its powertrain and its interior, which is pretty luxurious. It's it's you know well trimmed. It's got nice uh, an, uh, an updated design language that's more in line with the rest of the Mercedes Benz lineup. But that's only with the interior. The exterior. I don't I'm I'm not one hundred percent sold that this is a better looking truck than it used to be. Um it, it is ostentatious, man, and it's huge. It's extremely heavy. It actually surprises me at how long it takes to come to a stop. Um how fast it is. It's not very fast at all. Despite featuring a uh man, a very hefty engine, let me tell you. Uh I've got the numbers right here. It's a 4.4-liter 4. 4 uh, – sorry, a 4-liter twin-turbo V8. It makes 416 horsepower and 450 pound-feet of torque. You know, it features a nine-speed automatic. Nine, it gets how many combined, clutches? How many clutches? <laughs> I think it's just a regular automatic. Ah. Uh,
1: and it gets a combined 14 MPG. So they they sold 4,000 of them last year. Okay. Which is roughly the same number they sold the year before. But um, what's interesting is the, the – the, the, you have to go back to 2010, which is right around the time they've started selling them a thousand. Like before that, it was all three digit sales. Pretty much. There were a couple years where they, they hit, you know, uh, well, I guess that's not true. They had a couple years where they, they, they touched a thousand or went up to maybe 1500. But, um, for some reason in 2002 and 2003, they sold 3000 and 2000. Then it was just like this long downward spiral. And then it Peaked up again in 20, 2010, and it's been kind of rising uh, and holding steady at the current rate. So, people are more into this vehicle now than they ever have been before. It's and you know
0: what? Okay, fine. Like, um, let me let me just go down this list of things that it has, and tr- you can try to make sense of it. Three locking diffs, four trailing okay. arms, two speed transfer case. It can for twenty three inches of water. Uh, it's got nine point five inches of ground clearance thirty point nine degree approach angle twenty three point five degree breakover angle twenty nine point nine degree departure angle this thing is 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 supposed to be this completely capable vehicle, and truly, if the apocalypse happened tomorrow, these things will probably make it through them
1: no right. actually, if the apocalypse happens tomorrow, you want to be driving a six and a half liter Uh, turbo diesel or sorry just diesel v8 from gm because it actually requires no electronic circuits to function properly so the emp Uh, will uh, not destroy it but i also want to say that if there's 22 inches of water between you and a solid gold baby that you have to rescue then you're going to appreciate being behind the wheel of that (laughs) g-class why do i need three locking dips because they use them in that vehicle i don't know if you have you ever off-roaded in this vehicle no so uh i'm too afraid to damage the thing in this, in How much do
0: you think the paint cost? Were you afraid insane. of damaging sorry, your I'll face stop. with
1: that razor this morning or did you yes. just say, you know what, life is to be lived and you went but through my, with it? My
0: face isn't worth $124,000 or $5,000.
1: I mean, opinions vary. But um, for the G-Class, when you lock the differentials, it's a way of mechanically slowing the vehicle and doing crawl control without having to have an electronic system. So with mm-hmm. all three differentials locked, it, it proceeds at a very, very, very slow speed.
0: Wonderful. Do you think the millionaires who buy this thing are gonna appreciate that? I think if they pop open the manual and
1: read a few pages, maybe they would. How many
0: pages do you think the
1: You know what? If you're hunting if you're hunting humans on your island estate, then (laughs) yeah then I think the the G class is, you know, maybe a good choice. And the funny thing about the G
0: class is it's got this charm, which makes it hard to hate. I'll I'll admit this. It's very hard to hate been doing a pretty good job so far because it's a very ostentatious vehicle but when you get in and out of it you feel like you're getting into it's like getting into a submarine or or a helicopter it's like something so or an alcantara bed no it's not an alcantara bed because that's really like soft and luxurious feeling when you get, when you oh, when you swing open these doors in fact opening the door using the handle pushing this this nub in to open we, it we know how
1: doors work sammy
0: okay it feels like you're opening this is so cliche. It feels like you're opening a bank vault. It feels, and when you close it, it feels the same way. I have and never
1: opened a bank vault. I just want to put that out there.
0: I've that's never true. It. Not once. You keep all of your money in under your bed. In or an in enormous
1: clamshell under the seam. <laughs> 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 Sorry, uh, can I haven't talked about that again. What? Nothing. Um, I do what's going on. <laughs> and then
0: when you're driving, and the central locking system. Um, you know, engages in the lock – all the locks – the doors lock. It also sounds incredible. It It is – it is like a gunshot has just occurred. It, it locks the car so definitively that you know that you are in a safe, rugged, unstoppable vehicle.
1: Does that really make you are. feel safe though? Gunshot sounds, doors locking. <laughs> 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 like is that – is, that, is your version of safety like a, a supermax prison? Because that's kind of how it sounds.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where I, that's where I managed it. It's that, like Margaret you know?
1: Atwood with her freedom to and freedom from. Mm. What? You know, Handmaid's Tale.
0: Oh, right. Uh, I haven't seen – I haven't read that or watched it just yet. I'm sorry. I <sighs> remember we were talking about uh, how behind I am with certain references like that uh, Dodge Challenger 13-something.
1: Moving on, um, <laughs> would you buy the G-Class or is this something that is just like the Limited X, a far more modest vehicle, is over, the, over too over the top for you?
0: I don't know if this is too over the top because I don't know what over the top – like too over the top really is, right? Like it's, it's so ostentatious that it's special. It, it does a couple of things that do make it seem um, like it's so unique and different than anything else that you can buy, right? There's no other car – Uh, other than a a jeep wrangler that looks like this there's no other vehicle that i know of that has three locking diffs i can't think of them um there's no cars that the doors you have to like seriously put some body weight into to to open and close and there's no that none that have that that feeling of security and safety when those uh door locks snap into place so this is a vehicle that actually has this special charm that perhaps the very rich and 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 special people of the world can appreciate by spending over $100,000 on it. But I don't know if I could justify it because I'm not in that position. (laughs) I don't know know if I ever will be in that position.
1: So um, moving on from the G-Class. Thank goodness. There's a vehicle that I purchased recently that Mm -hmm. is kind of one of the progenitors to the G-Class's existence. And that is – it's a vehicle I've been looking at for a long time and I've been hemming and hawing about purchasing it. And I finally just bit the bullet and I did it. And um, I picked up an 87 Jeep Grand Wagoneer.
0: So you said earlier in this podcast that if I was going to get a Jeep, it would be an SRT. Were you just referring specifically to the – like a new Jeep, a new Jeep Grand Cherokee? I was talking Cherokee. about the Grand Cherokee. I thought that okay. was pretty clear. All right. I'm just making sure. I'm just
1: clarifying. You know what I'm saying? So so the Jeep, the Jeep Grand Wagoneer created – Which could the, be an SRT. No, it's not. It, it created the luxury SUV segment. Um, before this vehicle existed, there was nothing like it. There were, you know, regular Jeeps. There were Suburbans. Um, but there was nothing that was like, hey, you know what, you can go anywhere and it's going to be comfortable. And uh, the Grand Cherokee is one of the vehicles that, it, or Grand Wagoneer, sorry, it, it inspired Land Rover to kind of turn up the wick on its luxury efforts in the 80s. Um, and interestingly enough, the, the Wagoneer was built pretty much unchanged from like the 60s to 1991, which is the last year that they built them. Uh, it, the vehicle that I have, it has a, an, a 360 cubic inch AMC built V8 engine that puts out 130 horsepower. And that's 5.9 liters with 130 horsepower. Yeah. Um, it's got high and low range four wheel drive, which is currently not functional. Due to a vacuum leak. But everything else about the Jeep works. And it's in great shape. And uh, that's super rare for these vehicles. Anyone who's familiar with an old Jeep knows that they rust almost immediately upon leaving the factory. And in the Northeast, which is where I live, there are very few of these left on the ground. This one had been imported from Massachusetts in the 90s to Canada. And then it spent a lot of time in a garage. has about 120,000 miles on it. um, And it is immaculate. There was almost no rust on it. There's a couple surface spots. And uh, it, it was really well taken care of. And I, I first saw it a year ago when I put in – because I'm, I'm a maniac and I have a constant list of RSS feeds showing me pretty much every classic car within a 230, 300-mile radius of Montreal. You might be addicted. And uh, I, I put out a wanted ad for a Grand, chair, a grand Wagoneer and this guy responded and uh, he's like, look, I have one that's not for sale but I would sell it. And I'm like, OK. And I, I went and met him and it was in this underground parking garage where a whole bunch of old cars were being stored. And it was perfect, and he wanted a certain amount of money, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to buy a WRX instead, and I did that, and it was a terrible decision. It ended up costing me as much as the Jeep would have, and then flash forward a year later, I uh, contacted him around Christmas, and I'm like, hey, is this still for sale? And he said, yeah, and I thought about it some more, and I was on the fence, and then finally he texted me, and he's like, look, I'm going to put it for sale. This is the price I'm asking. This is what it'll take, and so I went and saw it a second time a year later, and I was like, you know what? I'll give it to you. And I uh, actually just got it plated and put it on the road this week.
0: Uh, that's impressive. Was there any, like, um, hurdles or obstacles when it comes to um, uh, acquiring and and registering a vehicle uh, this old and this potentially um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Be- is, it wasn't beat up, was it?
1: No, it was in perfect shape. Um and I've really? driven it. I've driven it maybe two hours so far because uh, the weather's really bad, and I didn't want it out in the salt. I'm gonna have it on the road like on a regular basis in April. Mm-hmm. Um, Anything so, you're
0: worried about while driving?
1: Yeah, pretty much everything. I mean, it's a 32 year old vehicle. I know nothing about. Like, <laughs>
0: what? Why? What drew you to this vehicle for so long?
1: Nothing looks like this. They, stylistically, they're iconic. There's nothing else that looks like a Grand Wagoneer uh, with the wood paneling on the sides. The um, the, the the same designer who designed this and his name is is escaping me right now. Uh, he he designed some vehicles for uh, for Studebaker. Actually, another vehicle called the Wagon Air, uh, the, with that my father has with the the sliding rear roof. And um, if you look at the pillar designs, you can see a lot of the Jeep Wy- Grand Wagoneer in the original Wagon Um It's it's just such an interesting piece of 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 industrial design and. It's harkens back to a different time because the vehicle looks almost identical to how it did in the 60s. So it's 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 like you're driving history, which is accurate. Brooke Stevens is the person who, who designed it. Okay. Um, in any case, um, you're driving a piece of history, which is accurate because AMC didn't have any money to evolve the Wagoneer. And in fact, they had planned on replacing it in the 80s when they built the smaller version of, of the Wagoneer. Uh, and, and when the Jeep uh, Cherokee came out, that was another... Uh, issue. They were like, well, we have this Cherokee now. It's much better than the Wagoneer in in every way. Maybe people will buy that. And they did buy it, but they kept buying the larger vehicle too. So it it generated a lot of profits for them. They kept it around. Uh, It has a lot of different parts in it. Like it has Jeep, Chrysler, AMC, uh, Buick, I think, and Ford parts just scattered throughout the vehicle (laughs) because AMC had no money. I mean, they had just been bought out by uh, I believe it was Renault. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were about to be bought by Chrysler. They were bought by Chrysler in 87. Um, so the final run of the Jeep Wagoneers are the the best built and have the you know the most refined features. But I mean, I'm driving this vehicle and it has a solid front axle, right? Like <laughs> it's it's old school and it is wandering all over the road. And uh, if you step on the gas, there's no power on the highway. It just makes more noise. <laughs> like the one I have is running very well and and around town it feels good but like it's it's not a it's not a quick vehicle at all but it 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 is comfortable um and it's so different than the vehicles i drive every day for work which is i think a really big criteria for me when i'm buying a car for myself i don't want to feel like i'm working i want to feel like i'm i'm driving something that represents my personality so anyway I'm excited to talk about the Wagoneer on the podcast over the summer as I kind of iron out all the bugs and figure out what works and what doesn't. What's the first thing on the list, you know? The first thing, I'm probably going to do all of the fluids. Uh, It's been sitting for three years. The previous owner put $4,000 worth of work into it after he bought it to get it mechanically up to spec. So things like the brakes and suspension are good. But I want to take a look at some of the bushings in the suspension, see Mm -hmm. if I can tighten up the front end, change the oil, change the diff oil maybe. Uh, maybe look at the transmission fluid, that kind of stuff, just general maintenance to um, you know something that 's been sitting you, you don 't generally want to keep using old fluids interesting and uh, can you uh, can I ask what is it does it
0: have the wood paneling on on the side of course <laughs> neat okay, cool so i can 't wait to hear more about this over the um, over the weeks uh
1: weeks months.
0: How long, as long do you think as, this ownership – As
1: long as you'll have me, Sammy. As oh, long yeah. as you'll have me. So you've got to
0: make sure to keep us up to date with all the, the quirks and elements of your of your new Jeep. Um, I can't wait to hear more. I'm sure our, our listeners uh, are in the same boat. If you are looking forward to hearing more about Ben's Jeep Grand Wagoneer, you can subscribe to our podcast very easily. Just go to our website. That's automotivepodcast.com. Uh, and while you're there, you can you you have access to a bunch of buttons that you can click that allow you to subscribe using your favorite podcast client. Or if you don't want to subscribe, you can listen right there on the website. It's very easy and um, intuitive, I would say. Wouldn't you say?
1: That's definitely intuitive. If you've ever used the internet, you'll be completely comfortable on our website. <laughs> uh, additionally,
0: if you want to get in touch with uh, with either Ben or myself. There's number of, there's a number of ways to do that. Like, for example, if you are a former Jeep Grand Wagoneer owner.
1: Or current. Or, I mean, current is fine too. I don't right, know. Right. And have, some, after the X's. <laughs> and have some tips. You probably want to email him. You can email him Benjamin at what is it? Benjaminhunting.com. Is That's that the right. one? It is the official project vehicle of the unnamed automotive podcast. I just want to It put is it Oh no! Okay, well I'll get to help
0: you out whenever chance I get. Uh, if you want to reach out to him or check out how his his you know build project uh, goes, you can find him on Instagram. He's at Hunting Benjamin. And if you want to, I don't know, troll me on Twitter, which is what most people seem to do these days. Hey. Uh, I'm at Sammy underscore Ha, right on that social media platform.
1: And uh, Sammy, what are we going to be talking about next week?
0: Um I'm not sure. I think I mentioned about last week that we will have I will be having a Mazda 3 All Wheel Drive as well as in Subaru Impreza All Wheel Drive to compare to one another yes. and that's what I'm looking forward to just discussing really briefly next week.
1: I'm going to be traveling to uh Greece to drive the 2020 Land Rover Range Rover Evoque and uh, I'm very curious to um see what that's like.
0: Cool, it's a new evoke.
1: It's a new evoke. Wonderful, that's. The and I, actually, I saw an Evoke convertible yesterday, for the wow first, for the first time in I don't know years, and it was just out and about doing its thing. And that is, I, I felt like I should have no bought a lottery. I should have bought a lottery ticket because that is a rare occurrence.
0: That is a rare occurrence. But I want to thank all of our listeners for hearing us out this week, and we can't wait to tell you what's going on next week. Bye. Bye.